certainly targeting decriminalization that was part of the platform of the incoming administration, I would think would make your job a little easier. Am I right or wrong? Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. And to me, you know, I, I worked on Capitol Hill for 15 years, so I was on that side. Um, to me, there's what I would love to do if I were king for the day and what I would do on marijuana reform. And then there is what 218 members of Congress, members of the House will do with 60 senators and the president of the United States. In that, what can we accomplish? And there's low hanging fruit, like it could be something like research or hemp or decriminalization as you work your way up to medical marijuana to full adult use. So on that scale, there's like low hanging fruit and then the end goal of complete federal legalization, um, you know, being mean the end goal and what can we do to get up to that point? And so, yes, uh, there's the easy, the easy stuff, which is let's just stop arresting people for this. Stop arresting people in this war on drugs. So no one's lives are ruined because they're consuming a plant that's natural that 30 plus states have said, hey, we're okay with this. There shouldn't be these differences. So just stopping arresting these people and then worrying about what's the next step? What do we do next? What do we do to achieve some of these goals? So that that is a good low hanging fruit uh, issue to address. It did start with decriminalization first. It always seems like the first step towards legalization is decrim. Is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, you, you definitely got the timeline right there. In 2008, Massachusetts voted to decriminalize. Obviously, the distinction between decriminalization and commercial commercialization is that decriminalization doesn't open any pathways to actually engage in the trade of cannabis in a, with legal protections, um, and it, it leaves remnants of the drug war. Um, the legalization though comes with its own challenges uh because obviously there is still drug war enforcement under a legalization structure you can't just decide you want to have 450 pounds of cannabis and drive around with it in your truck even in a, a state with commercial cannabis um so the tension there is really where the line falls when does the enforcement begin and what is the nature of the enforcement um michael as other countries are starting to uh, import medical medicinal cannabis from other countries. How much of a factor is that in your arguments uh, to open up a market in the United States? Well, um, I would hope that American policymakers would see what happened in Canada when Canada legalized an investor and investment went to Canada and how Israel's doing so much cutting edge research on, on cannabis. Uh, and how other countries are doing stuff on cannabis and Mexico will eventually come along and we'll be surrounded of why as an American policymaker, I wouldn't want to be a leader. Let's be honest. I'm selfish. Like in, 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 unless, you know, Jamaica wants to claim this. I hope America is like the leader on something like this to where we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be um, playing second to Canada or playing second to other countries or eventually you know, to China or other countries that grow it. And the longer we allow a country like Canada to stay legal, they're gonna have a competitive advantage uh, over this issue of when we eventually legalize. And so it's not something, I, I, I would love to hear your comments. It's not something I really talk about from a policy level, uh, but it's something you know to plant the seed with people like, hey, this is, there's a great opportunity to 
be a leader on this. So for the next hour, we're going to hear some from experts who are going to help us understand what the differences are between decrim and legalization. Uh, you know, historically, decriminalization has been uh, the suspension of criminal penalties for mm -hmm. the use of a certain amount of cannabis. And we did that by initiative back in 2008 in Massachusetts. So uh, anyone who possessed less than an ounce of marijuana uh, could not be sanctioned criminally, uh, but uh, they could be sanctioned civilly. Uh, and then uh, we did medical in 2012 and then in 2016, um, thanks again to the uh, folks in Massachusetts, we legalized. Um, and so there's a couple of different steps in legalization. One is uh, uh, making sure that folks who uh, possess cannabis don't suffer any sanctions at all. Mm -hmm. um, and we did that in Massachusetts for up to an ounce uh, carried in public. Um, up to two ounces, you can still be sanctioned civilly and anything over two ounces, you can still be sanctioned criminally. So, uh, you know, it's, it's partial decriminalization, legalization, and the, the um, difference between what Massachusetts did and what um, Vermont did, for instance, was that Vermont legalized first, but they didn't tax and regulate. So they made personal growth, uh, personal grows and, uh, and use uh, legal, but they didn't uh, tax it and they didn't have uh, uh, regulated businesses. Um, the, the issue gets a little cloudy when we talk about the federal government. Uh, for instance, Cory Booker um, says that the Moore Act, uh, which was passed by the House a few weeks ago, uh, is decriminalization. Um, and that may be political speak. You know, it may be an attempt to um, make sure that folks aren't scared by the word legalization. Um, not that anybody should be scared about that anyway. But, um, you know, uh, and, and frankly, I don't, I don't think that the, the federal government is going to decriminalize uh, marijuana, although that's what Joe Biden says he's in favor of, uh, because they're not going to uh, impose civil sanctions of a fine for someone who's, uh, who's using or possessing marijuana. So um, I, I think it's a little cloudy on the federal level, but traditionally, that's the way it goes uh, on the state level. Decriminalization sounds great. You know, it's a good, it makes you feel good, but the reality, it doesn't address the issue of the war of the war on drugs and the impact that it had on people. And I'll give you an example. Um, I worked with a guy that's a good friend of both, um, um, that we both worked with the AG's office, Fred Riley, who's the head of the criminal bureau um, that Will and I worked with. We both worked at the, we both were commissioners at the a ABCC. Uh, we were not allowed to issue a license to someone who was convicted for controlled substance violation, which meant if you had a joint, you could not hold a license. Um, as, as Will said, in 2008, we decriminalized it. I ended up having a client who had a joint on him in the state of New Hampshire in Portsmouth for a 4th of July uh, party. Got arrested at 16. As a result of that arrest, um, the ABCC would not allow him to hold a liquor license in Massachusetts, even though it was decriminalized. Because at the time he was convicted, 
it was a criminal offense. Um, I argued to the ABCC at the time that two things. One, full faith and credit. You know, we have all lawyers on uh, that since New Hampshire does not treat marijuana as a controlled substance, Massachusetts can. My second argument was that the Cannabis Control Commission should look at decriminalization and say whoever was convicted prior to 2012 and use their plenary um, ability and allow them to get licensed. It took a year for the ABCC to reach that decision to do it. So we have decriminalization, uh, but what does it, what did it really accomplish? Uh, people still have records. How do you expunge your record and so forth? I think, you know, dealing with what Will talked about the federal government and the MORE Act, I think the reality is it sounds great, but until the federal government removes marijuana from Schedule 1 and decriminalize it, or at least remove it from Schedule 1, and then second, decriminalize it, we really can't move forward. You saw hemp move from uh, Schedule 1, but the people who are growing hemp in the United States are still having the same problem dealing with the FDA, the DEA, in agriculture. So it doesn't go far enough in really addressing past issues and moving this industry forward. That the terminology here is very confusing and it really depends on the form you're in. You know, us lawyers have our very precise way that we use these two terms. Uh, my dear friend, former colleague, uh, Cory Booker, uh, you know, he's trying to get a bill passed uh, in, 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 uh, in, in the Senate. Uh, so he's got his nomenclature. And I tell you, every time I read an article about, uh, about it, journalists seem to be kind of all over the map. But I can tell you, I mean, it's a great topic because actually, as we sit here today, uh, you know, New Jersey's been you know, on everybody's screen this year because we did just uh, uh, have our referendum. We legalized. Uh, a bill was passed uh, in December. It's a bill that I've worked on for the last three years. Proud to have done it. Um, uh, in fact, you know, really, it's been uh, the work of a couple of legislators in particular, but really pushed over the top by our governor, uh, who's actually a Massachusetts native, uh, Phil Murphy. Uh, and, and he has been a real champion of this. And uh, we're now at the juncture, and this decriminalization legalization question is really uh, come to a very sharp relief just today, because it was expected uh, that on Monday there was finally compromise and the legislature was about to pass a bill, and it all fell apart about half an hour before this show started. Oh. The reason why it, it, it fell apart is because the legislature is struggling. Uh, they've got a bill that does the legalization, it does a regulatory system, it does a tax system, uh, and it's got social justice provisions in it. And we can quibble and argue over those. That was three years of argument that the legislature has gone through. But the piece that is really kind of our final stumbling block is decriminalization and really what this all means for people who are using cannabis. And the, and the issue that, that stuck us here in New Jersey is at the last minute, the governor said, you know, though we are legalizing this, I've got a concern. Uh, what about, we don't want to allow uh, underage kids to be smoking pot. So they uh, added a cleanup bill to put in some civil penalties, uh, you know, presumably in the, you know, the, 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 the view that we need to have some deterrent to deter underage kids uh, and some penalty for underage kids uh, to keep them away from the regulated substance. 
Well, that has created a humongous firestorm, especially in our, in our, in our legislative black caucus here in the state, because we all know that one of the big causes of the social justice problems that we have been seeing and living for this last, this last year has been, you know, uh, folks in communities of color, in lower income communities, getting tagged with 50 and $100 fines, whether it's for parking tickets or whether it's for other sorts of civil infractions that they cannot pay. And these become nooses, financial nooses around their neck that really drag them down. So it's a, it's, it's a great topic and I'm so glad that, you, that we're We are pro-cannabis media.